We already welcomed all of you in the name of the Lord. I also would like to do it from the left to the right, from all the neighboring countries, even from London, from Brussels, from Paris, from all over, the brethren and sisters are gathered from Prague, from Bratislava, from Austria, from Switzerland, just from all over Europe, so one can say, from Romania, yes. And this time we have even greetings from our brethren from Hungary, Hungary. We are very grateful to God for it that God used, is using our brother and sister Löscher to bring the word in their mother tongue. Then, from this place, we would like to greet all, beginning with those who have greeted us in a special way, Brother John from Bucharest, then the brethren from South Africa, from Central Africa, DRC, and other countries from South Africa, then with greetings from South America, greetings from Australia, New Zealand, and I have special greetings from Nepal and from Sri Lanka. Then we have here greetings from Moscow. Just before, a brother phoned in and he said, we are listening, we are hearing you, we are grateful for it. Greetings from Jest, yes, Donetsk, and from the various cities, Ushkorod, and wherever our precious brethren are staying. Then we have special greetings from our friends from Finland, special greetings from Virginia, USA. Then we have once again special greetings from Denver, Colorado, just greetings, and again greetings from the Congo. Yes, our brothers and sisters, they are joined with us. And this God has led it in such a way. This God has led so that all who are now hearing the word and who believe it with all their hearts, that they also are joined with one another and joined with the Lord. In particular, I'm happy to see brothers whom I didn't see for many years from Paris and Brussels. May God bless them in a special way in our midst. Then, all those who are here today for the first time, we would like to welcome them in a special way. With us, it's really about that God's Word is being preached in the original. I also have to give you greetings. God blessed 
especially in Sri Lanka, in the former Ceylon, and, and he made a new beginning by his grace. I could baptize even four brothers, and they will baptize the rest of the believers. Just so nice that the Lord is opening doors and hearts. Then, the special meetings in Nepal, God really blessed and He did great things. A Buddhist country and even in that city in which Buddha has, is said to have re received the illumination about the nirvana, that's, that one day the circuit stops and that the man exists no more. But for this nobody has to make an effort. This happens at the last judgment anyway, automatically. As it is said to us in Revelation 20 from verse 11, second part, that then the second death comes. The first death is when the soul when the soul leaves the body. And the second death is when the spirit leaves the soul. Because that's how it is written in Genesis 2 verse 7 that the Lord that the Lord God breathed, breathed the breath of life into his nostrils and then he became a living soul. And then it says, every soul that sinneth shall die. And then we just mentioned at the last judgment, the last word and sentence is being spoken. And this cannot be made well anymore. The ones are entering into eternal life and the others are going into condemnation. And one will never see them and one will never hear of them anymore. In the song which we have sung, O sinner come, then the thought came to me that the Lord doesn't call the righteous at all, only sinners. He cannot do anything with the righteous at all. If somebody comes into the temple and prays, Lord, I thank you that I'm not like this and like, like him or him, he can, he can be at home, he, he can stay at home. But whoever puts his hand upon his chest and says, My God, be merciful unto me, sinner, he leaves as a righteous man the place. Precious friends, brothers and sisters, I would like to have it best to greet all you in English worldwide, not so. All those who are switched on or tuned in and listening. Amen. Amen. Then we, at this weekend, we have the decision that we don't go into the political and religious events. 
we will not go into details, but just, just looking at the word. I just have a couple of emails before me, and you all know, recently, recently the, the Vatican really plays the main role in politics, in the religion, whatever kind of informations are, it's just mighty, and it makes us to listen, to be attentive, and it strengthens us in the assurance that at the end there will only be two unities, the one under Rome and the other one under Jesus Christ, our Lord and Redeemer. All religions are uniting. All churches are uniting. Now, just now, there was the delegation from Finland. The Lutheran delegation from Finland was just now in Rome for the feast of the holy Saint Heinrich. And behold, they, are, they were welcomed very warmly. Benedict received them all, has blessed them all. Protestants are no more protesting. All are going back to the Mother Church. But the Bride Church is being called out. And I could go into the various subjects here, but I don't want to do it today. In any case, we have it in Revelation, in chapter 17, we have the exact precise description of the fallen away Christendom as the great Babylon, the whore Babylon, and she has daughters and all of them are returning into the mother's bosom. And then comes in Revelation 18, verse 4, the call from heaven, Ye, my people, come out, be ye separate, touch not the unclean thing. And this call only the elect will hear. All the others will bypass it. Let us read it as it is written literally in Revelation 18, verse 4. And I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, ye my people that ye be not partakers of her sins, and that ye receive not of her plagues. If then it is also written in verse 5, for her sins have reached unto heaven, her sins have reached unto heaven, and God has remembered her 
iniquities. So much as happened in the course of church history, the blood was shed. Alone in the seven crusades, 22 millions, according to the statistics, were murdered. Just because somebody in Jerusalem wanted to be in Jerusalem and wanted uh, to rule there. If one reads all of history, of what one may not say it much longer anymore, but what the organized religion who made uh, the common thing with the state, what they have shed on blood on the earth, you all can read it. In the year 1292, in Spain, Spain was declared to be Jew-free, murdered and murdered all the time through. And then I was thinking, of course, of course, have always a still a German passport. I was remembering the 27th of January. All of us heard it in the news. All of Europe heard it. On the 27th of January was the, li the, the liberation of the concentration camp in Auschwitz. And listen closely. The Red Army, the atheistic Red Army was liberating Auschwitz from the faithful, from the faithful who every time went to the mess, to the mass, and of the there, the, the the chapel in the camp was there, the chapel, right there, right there where the chapel was. There is now a kiosk. Yes, I was in Auschwitz. I've seen it. Now just think of it. The atheistic Red Army is liberating, was liberating the Jews who are there from the Christian, from the Christian, from, from, from Christendom of that, what Christendom has caused. We all heard of it on the 27th of January. Brothers and sisters, let us not go into it. God will judge everything and He will speak. He will have the last word. Some things are touching me now. We will, not, we will just now come to it. Time and again, in, in prayer, I, I say it, Wherever I go, I said, Lord, remember your covenant. Remember your promise. Remember what you have promised unto us and have thine own way with all of us. And perhaps, because it's just now very new, I would like to tell you an experience. I don't like it very much if experiences are being told. But today, I'm doing it probably for the first time. Yesterday, I had a phone call from a brother in Christ who believes the message. His father 
I and, and his whole house, exactly 30 years ago, I baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And yesterday, this brother phoned me, and he said, Brother Frank, can you remember how, how it was how it was at the time, how you baptized my father and the whole house. I said, I cannot remember it very well, but yet I can remember it, because I was there many times. And then he told me the following, my father was the mayor, and as a mayor, and is, as representing the church, he was writing a letter to the representatives of the church and he declared his exit from the church. And behold, a council was, was called in and all the dignitaries of the Lutheran church were present. And he, as the mayor, who declared his exit of the church. And then the brother told me, who was present also at this, uh, at this uh, talk, then this gentleman, they put up the following thesis. Is there one baptism or are there two baptisms? And then they even said, what does the Holy Scripture say to it? Now just imagine, the people said, in this council, they said, what does the Holy Scripture say to it? And the other one stood up and reads from Ephesians, chapter 4, verse 5, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. Yes, you all say Amen. But then, the theater started, the circus. Then the circus started. Then, that man, as this scripture was read, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, then this man said, one moment, now we have here a second baptism. What do we do with it? And then he said, the Bible says, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. And here we have a second baptism. Yes. Now just think of it. Just think of it. How one can misuse God's word, twisting it unto its own destruction. The sprinkling of infants is of course no baptism at all. But this really, really, it made me think. It's the ancient argument since the Reformation, since there are those who baptize again, be it Thomas Münzer or whoever they were, all of them, they had to suffer that both churches have claimed that there is only one Lord, one faith, and only one baptism. In, in the last week, a sister from Zurich wrote me, what should happen to those who, at the time of Swingli, were, were drowned in the Limat because they baptized again? 
What was it? A total misunderstanding of the word of God. And so really, all the words of the scripture were misunderstood. But this is really something which, which annoys me. There, a man with the name of Dr. Hans Lilie, I personally heard him 1948 in the city of Selle, in the Baptist Church. And this man, he published a book, The Doctrine of the Twelve Apostles. And here he, he writes of the uh, pouring in the name of the Father, Son and Holy Ghost and all, be it in the Catholic or Lutheran Church, all are believing that that what is written here is the doctrine of the Twelve Apostles, because the title says like this. And it was found 1883 in a monastery. In the Latin language, it's written. And then, it, it, is said, it is said to be dated at the time of the Apostles, and nothing but nonsense is written in it. But this is not all. In the American Encyclopedia, it's written here. Here we have it. They are referring to this little booklet that it is right like this, a sacrament of baptism in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Because the Didache uh, say, says it like this, brothers and sisters, it really hurts me. It hurts me. Because the lie, the lie has taken its course in all the churches and denominations and even also all the denominations up to the Pentecostal churches are baptizing in the Trinitarian formula and they don't know that up to the third century and church history proves it from Mr. Herzog, Rupert, Schmidt, whoever wrote it. Originally, until the third century was baptized biblically in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. But then comes somebody along puts something into the ear of the people and behold, all are repeating the lie. How grateful we should be for God's revealed holy word. And this word remains forever. And if we, if we speak about it in the end time message, that we have to return to the beginning, then really without any compromise. We cannot, we cannot make a compromise in any doctrinal point. It's impossible. The original word is the truth and every interpretation is a lie regardless of who brings it and who spreads it. How simple it would be if all would find grace in the sight of God. 
And as written in Luke 24, as written, if they would get the, get the understanding for the scripture opened for them. But before Luke 24, before our Lord gave the last commission, he of course, according to Acts chapter 1, he taught the disciples 40 days teaching them about the kingdom of God, instructing them before he then cried out, go into all the world and teach all nations. He was teaching first and then he has sent them. And then we see, of course, that our Lord gave the Great Commission and the Apostles carried it out. It should be, of course, baptized in the name and into the name was baptized. But now just imagine, as I was reminded yesterday, one just takes a scripture and doesn't go to the point as the baptism was, was commanded and who was baptized and how it was baptized. Namely, only believers were baptized by immersion to by this being buried with Christ and then rising unto, with Him un, unto a new life. All this is in the Holy Scripture. But the tradition, the tradition of men made the word of God of no effect. And here we have Mark 7. In vain do they worship me, teaching for doctrine the commandments of men. Today it is upon my heart to speak about that God time and again made a covenant, making a covenant with Noah, making a covenant with all of the creation, a covenant with Abraham, a covenant with Moses, and with all the children of Israel, and then up to the new covenant. This is the blood of the new covenant. And brothers and sisters, we have to be aware of that, that God has a church which is His inheritance for time and for eternity. And as we, that we now really are experiencing the last period of the plan of salvation by His grace. In Ephesians, chapter 3, Paul, in verse 8, he wrote, Ephesians, chapter 3, from verse 8, Unto me, who am less than the least of all saints, is this grace given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to make all men see 
What is the realization of the mystery which from the beginning of the world has been hid in God who created all things by Jesus Christ? to the intent that now unto the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be known by the church the manifold wisdom of God. This intent that he had from eternity, this intent he carried out in Christ Jesus, our Lord. And we want to have direct part in it, that we now can partake, participating in that, what God is doing right now. Let us read the few scriptures from the Old Testament which speak of the covenant, the first one from Genesis, from Genesis, chapter 7. Here we read of the covenant which the Lord God made with Noah. And then, not only with Noah, but also with all of the creation. Just now, we are coming back, uh, we are coming to our kernel, Genesis 7, firstly verse 7. And the Lord said unto Noah, verse 1, Come thou and all the house into the ark, for thee have I seen righteous before me in this generation. The whole family was included in the moment when the Lord God made the decision to let the flood come. Not only Noah, but all his house, his whole family. And this reminds us to the word Thou and thy house shall be saved. Perhaps one should also mention this now. Last week, it was not very nice. I, I got news of new, of, of three uh, emergencies in the families. Really, it touches one's heart. The enemy wants only to destroy. It would be better one would speak to one another and then to pray with one another than to accuse one another. In Genesis chapter 9, Genesis chapter 9, it says, from verse 11, Genesis chapter 9, from verse 11, And I will establish my covenant with you, 
neither shall all flesh be cut off anymore by the waters of a flood. Neither shall there any more be a flood to destroy the earth. Never again. Once, yes, but never again. Then in verse 12, and God said, This is the token of the new of the covenant which I make between me and you and every living creature that is with you for perpetual generations. I do set my reign, verse 13, I do set my rainbow in the cloud, and it shall be for a token of a covenant between me and the earth. We think now on Revelation 5, where the Lord is shown on the throne and where the rainbow is upon him, is over him. We remember Revelation 10, where the Lord, as the angel of the covenant, comes down and the rainbow is over him. We think on Old Testament scriptures and also in the New Testament we have the confirmation. God has given the rainbow. He put it into the clouds as a token, as a sign, so that never again, never again. That's how we read it two times. Never again a flood should destroy the earth. God made a covenant. Not only men, also all the living creatures on the earth should be spared. Then we read of Abraham. And here the story starts of, of the salvation. That's how one could say, Abraham, a friend of God. Abraham believed God and this was uncounted unto him for righteousness. Let us read from Genesis 17. Genesis 17, from verse 9. And God said unto Abraham, Thou shalt keep my covenant, therefore thou and thy seed after thee in their generations. And now comes a completely different covenant, namely the covenant of circumcision, to remind on the original sin, therefore all the, all the boys had to be circumcised on the eighth day. Let us read verse 11, 10 and 11. 
This is my covenant, which ye shall keep between me and you and thy seed after thee. Every man-child among you shall be circumcised. Verse 11. And ye shall circumcise the flesh of your foreskin, and it shall be a token of the covenant between me and you. One could read on here. I just read the last part of verse 13. 13, second part. And my covenant shall be in your flesh for an everlasting covenant. Then, verse 14, And the uncircumcised man, child, whose flesh of his foreskin is not circumcised, that soul shall be cut off from his people. He has broken my covenant. So serious the Lord God took it in the time of Abraham. Then we have here, in verse 19, in Genesis 17, verse 19, that God would make a covenant with Isaac. Genesis 17, verse 19. And God said, Sarah, thy wife, shall bear thee a son indeed, and thou shalt call his name Isaac, and I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant and with his seed after him. Here we see the making of a covenant. Firstly, the rainbow in the clouds. Another time, it becomes very personal on the body. And to be reminded where and what has happened once upon a time. And perhaps reminding us all that we are still begotten today in sin and born in sin. But then it goes on in Genesis 28. We have then the wonderful event which we all appreciate Jacob has a dream. He sees the heavenly ladder and it starts down, not up. The ladder starts down at the bottom. Genesis 28. Here we could read from verse 10. I just read verse 13. And 14. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham thy father 
and the God of Isaac, the land whereon thou liest, to thee will I give it, and to thy seed. And thy seed shall be as the dust of the earth, and thou shalt spread abroad to the west, and to the east, and to the north, and to the south. And in thee, and in thy seed, shall all the families of the earth be blessed. And in verse 15, something very tremendous is written at the end. We read verse 15. And behold, I am with thee, and will keep thee in all places whither thou goest, and will bring thee again into this land. For I will not leave thee, until I have done that which I have spoken to thee of. Here we have again the promise before our eyes. I will be with you. I will never leave you. I will walk the whole way with you. And all what I have promised unto you, what I have spoken unto you, this I will do. Brothers and sisters, how often we said it already. We are children of promise. We believe the word of promise and are receiving the spirit of promise. And the Lord has given us the promise. I will never leave you nor forsake you. I will be with you all the days, even until the end of the world. What a mighty thing. Why tremendous? Because God said it. The Lord God has given the promise. I will never leave you until I have done that which I promised unto you. Brothers and sisters, this is our faith. Everything what God promised unto us up to the latter rain, to the restoration of all that what God spoke through the mouth of all the prophets since the world began. Everything will take place. The church of Jesus Christ, which is now being called out, is in fact, every, will in fact experience every promise. Up to the promise that our mortal bodies will be changed and then will we be taken up to meet the Lord. Then we have in Exodus, in chapter 6, in Exodus, chapter 6, 
we have the experience which Moses had with the Lord God. Exodus, chapter 6, from verse 2. And God spake unto Moses and said unto him, I am the Lord. I appeared unto Abraham, unto Isaac, and unto Jacob by the name of God Almighty. But by my name, Lord God, was I not known to them, Yahweh. And now it comes. And I have also established my covenant with them to give them the land of Canaan, the land of their pilgrimage, wherein they were strangers. Now verse 5. And I have also heard the groaning of the children of Israel, whom the Egyptians keep in bondage, and I have remembered my covenant. Brothers and sisters, what shall be with us? The new covenant on the cross of Calvary God was in Christ and reconciled the world with himself. Whoever reads then, be it in Matthew 26, be it in Mark 14, how the Lord said, this is the blood of the new covenant. Brothers and sisters, we are not somebody. We are the blood-bought church of Jesus Christ, being called and elected to be the bride of the Lamb, being called and elected to partake of the marriage supper of the Lamb. And therefore, we are hearing in this time all the words of promise which belong to the new covenant which are given to us and which are promised unto us as the church. In Exodus 19, we have then the powerful word, Exodus chapter 19. Here we read only verse 5 and 6. Now, therefore, if ye will obey my voice indeed and keep my covenant, then ye shall be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people, for all the earth is mine, and ye, ye shall be unto me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words which thou shalt speak unto the children of Israel. If we read in Peter, we are a holy nation of kings and priests. Brothers and sisters, a higher calling was never here on earth and will never be. 
which God has given unto us by His grace, called and elected, chosen to be forever with Him in glory. In all these scriptures, we find the word covenant. And if you then, for instance, if you then go to the prophet Isaiah, in the Old and then also in the New Testament, then we are seeing what kind of value God has put upon the making of a covenant and what He has given us by His grace. Here, in Jeremiah, let us start with Jeremiah. Jeremiah 31. From verse 31, here we have it, the promise that God will make a new covenant. Jeremiah 31, from verse 31 up to 33. Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day that I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt which covenant they break, although I was a husband unto them, saith the Lord. Here it speaks of the first covenant which God made with Moses and with the children of Israel. Verse 33 but this shall be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, saith the Lord, I will put my law in their inward parts and write it in their hearts and will be their God, and they shall be my people. The same is written in Hebrews chapter 8, where we have this covenant which was announced in the Old Testament, where we have it confirmed in the New Testament, Hebrews. Here we read chapter 8, Hebrews 8, from verse 10 up to 13. Hebrews 8, from 10 to 13. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my laws into their mind and write them in their hearts and I will be to them a God and they shall be to me my people. 
And do you know what belongs to it here? It's verse 11. And they shall not teach every man his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord. For all shall know me, from the least to the greatest. And this is Jeremiah 31, verse 34. And this we are experiencing today. I don't know whether it stood out to you, whether you noticed. Who of you, brothers, Who of you brothers want to teach others? Who? Who? They all shall be taught by God. Whom shall I teach? Who shall teach me? They all shall be taught by God. This belongs to the new covenant that not a human influence comes into it, but they all shall be under the divine influence and all will be taught by God. And then we are one heart and one soul. Then we are not teaching one another anymore, but we are being taught by the word Then we have in Hebrews chapter 7 this wonderful verse, verse 22. Hebrews 7, verse 22. By so much was Jesus made a surety of a better covenant. Surety, the surety of a better covenant. Hebrews 8, verse 6, it says, Hebrews 8, verse 6, But now has he obtained a more excellent ministry, by how much also he is the mediator of a better covenant which was established upon better promises. Our Lord is the surety of the new covenant. He is mediator of the new covenant. He became a surety that all that what belongs to the new covenant, that it also will take place. In Hebrews, chapter 9, in Hebrews, chapter 9, in verse 15, we read also, as a confirmation, and for this cause, he is the mediator of the new covenant, that by means of death, for the redemption of the transgressions that were under the first covenant, they which are called might receive the promise of eternal inheritance. So, with all of the Old Testament, 
And with all the believers from that period, it was dealt with. And now we who we became believers in the time of the New Testament, we belong to those who belong the promise of the eternal inheritance. And then as the last, we have also in Hebrews, chapter 13, Hebrews 13, Verse 20, Hebrews 13, verse 20 and 21. Now, the God of peace, who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep through the blood of the everlasting covenant. Through the blood of the everlasting covenant. And then it goes on in verse 21. Make you perfect in every good work to do His will. He, who through His blood, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, who redeemed us, who made us the people of God, He, make you perfect in every good work to do His will, working in you that which is well-pleasing in His sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. What a powerful, what kind of powerful words in connection with the covenant which God made with us. We have read from the blood of the everlasting covenant, of the mediator. We received all these scriptures in us, which we now read. Here, surety, surety of the covenant, mediator of the covenant. What can happen to us? What can hinder us? What can hinder us of that what God promised us? What can hinder us from the carrying out of His will? Brothers and sisters, we of course read it already that God has written His words into our hearts, laid into our minds. This He did namely in the new hearts, because that's how the word of the covenant goes. I will give you a new heart and a new spirit. And there, the word of God is written into it. Let us read from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 14, these wonderful words of our Lord, which He said, Mark, chapter 14, 
verse 24 and 25. And he said unto them, This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many. And then, Verily, I say unto you, I will drink no more of the fruit of the vine until that day that I drink it new in the kingdom of God. Mainly, it's about verse 24. This is my blood of the new covenant, the blood of the new covenant. And how often did we say it? The life is in the blood. The blood was shed and the life came forth and the divine life which was in the blood comes upon all the redeemed, upon all sons and daughters of God. And therefore, we have received eternal life by His grace. Let us summarize these thoughts. Making a covenant with Noah, putting the rainbow into the clouds. And twice the Lord said, never again, never again. And every time when we see the rainbow, then we are reminded on it. Who was with us in Israel when we were in Jericho where two rainbows, two mighty rainbows, who, who was present at the time in Israel? Who, all who were not there yet must come now must come now with us. Yes, they were really. Brother, Brother Goldner, our tourist guide, some of us know him. And with him I was speaking about the first and the two covenants. I was speaking about it. And behold, we are in the break and in the conversation and suddenly one rainbow comes, really, from one end to the other and there comes the second rainbow. Both of us, we were hugging each other. I said, look here, the first covenant and the second covenant. God confirmed it. Yes. Yes. Now, surety of the new covenant. Brothers and sisters, I say it once again. We are not a message bride. I'm just writing it now. There are many, there are many of them. Many are claiming, regardless of what they still believe, on, of kind of interpretations. Yet they are claiming to be the bride church. The bride church has to be has to come forth by the Spirit, by the Word the, and the blood. The Spirit, the Word and the blood. They have to work together. That's how it is written in First John chapter 5 in verse 7 and 8. Not only message, 
but the full salvation, the full redemption by the blood of the new covenant and thereby many are bypassing this who have not yet experienced the grace of God at all who don't know where God stays at all they are speaking of bride and of, of the rapture brothers and sisters let us take it seriously the Lord God has opened the eyes for us has opened the ears and both is being fulfilled in us by grace. Firstly, the Lord has opened unto us the understanding for the scripture. The Amen was too weak. The Amen was too weak. Could you give yourself the understanding? Could you give yourself one single revelation? Everything was given to us by God Himself. And let us, let us just look back to all the years, how the Lord was really leading us from clarity to clarity, but always and always in the limits of His Word He kept us. We have given our Lord the first place because He is the first and He is the last. Lord Jesus Christ, the crucified one, the risen one and the returning one, we proclaimed and we will do it until He, re he returns. We not only spoke of message and messenger, we have proclaimed the whole counsel of our God. And if we mention Brother Brennan, if we give him a special place, which God has given him, namely, as John the Baptist, that he was more than a prophet, in that sense, that the prophets announced and announced in all of the Old Testament. And then came John, the Baptist. And Luke 16, 16 says, The law and the prophets were unto John. And from that time on, the kingdom of God is being proclaimed. But in Matthew 11, our Lord asks, For what have you gone out to see? Whom did you want to hear? Whom did you want to see? A reed shaking in the wind? No. Do, did you want to see a man which is clothed in, in uh, royal garments? No. Whom did you want to see? And then our Lord says, He was more than a prophet. And there most people remain standing. I read this verse on. The Americans, the Americans, they, they have special trouble here. They're just reading the first part of this verse. Perhaps we should read it, that you all know that it is written like this in the Holy Scripture. In Matthew, chapter 11, 
Here we read from verse 10, For this is he of whom it is written, Behold, I send my messenger before thy face, who shall prepare thy way before thee. This was the extraordinary. Here was the fulfillment of Scripture. Here was a promise which became reality. And then it goes on with verse 11. Verily, I say unto you, among them that are born of women, there has not risen a greater than John the Baptist. Notwithstanding, he that is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. Because John completed his ministry before on Calvary the redemption happened. He made the bridge between the Old and the New Testament. And therefore, I say, the word of God is so powerful, so, so deep, and it gives us insight about all things. Now, just briefly, what concerns Brother Brenham, we believe the promise of God, that God himself said, I will send you the prophet before the great and terrible day of the Lord comes. This had to be like this. God watches over His Word. Who wants to hinder God in the fulfillment of His promise? However, even the greatest man sent from God is only a pardoned man. Only to the Lord God be all the glory and honor and praise from eternity to eternity. But we are grateful, I am grateful, and I hope you also, that God has opened unto us the understanding for the Scripture. That the day of grace, the day of salvation comes to its end, and that the Lord God fulfilled His promise. And He really, in this prophetic age, He has sent a prophet through whom He could reveal His word, through whom He could speak. And I tell you openly now, just, recent, just before we made the comparison with, with such books here, who in our time, who has the true word, who has the true biblical doctrines proclaimed? Did it all the great evangelists, did they do it? Did the charismatics do it? Did the great churches do it? No. They all remained in their traditions. It had to be a man sent from God with the message of God for this time to bring us back to God, to prepare us the way so that bride and bridegroom are agreeing and especially also agreeing with every word of God. So, 
So, with every time when God made a covenant, it was very personal. Noah knew God personally. Abraham knew God personally. Moses knew God personally. All these men of God in all of the Old Testament, they knew the Lord God personally. Isaiah, he saw him on the throne. Chapter 6, Ezekiel, describes him in chapter 1. All these men of God, they had a living relationship and fellowship with God. And therefore, God spoke through them. And so, we have the word before us, among us, and in us, which they spoke, we have it. And especially when it comes to the new covenant, brothers and sisters, the greatest promises, and our Lord is the surety, he is the surety, not only mediator, he is surety. He gave the guarantee that every promise which is written in the Word of God, that it will find its fulfillment. And we, in this time, we once again can thank God with all our hearts. Let me read the three scriptures in the New Testament which speak to our hearts and which speak of the circumcision. Romans chapter 2 to know that today it's not about the circumcision in the flesh but about the circumcision in the heart. Romans chapter 2 verse 28 and 29. For he is not a Jew who is one outwardly, neither is that circumcision which is outward in the flesh, but he is a Jew who is one inwardly, and circumcision is that of the heart, in the spirit, and not in the letter, whose praise is not of men, but of God. So, a circumcision of the heart by the Spirit of God according to the Word of God. Romans chapter 4 here we have verse 11 and 12 Romans chapter 4 verse 11 and 12 and he received the sign of circumcision a seal of the righteousness of the faith which he had yet being uncircumcised. 
that he might be the father of all them that believe, though they be not circumcised, that righteousness might be imputed unto them also, and the father of circumcision to them who are not of the circumcision only, but who also walk in the steps of that faith of our father Abraham, which he had being yet uncircumcised, yet being uncircumcised, he had it. And then the most powerful word in Galatians, chapter 6, right at the end, this man of God comes once again to it. Galatians, chapter 6, verse 15 and 16. For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision availeth anything, nor uncircumcision, but a new creature, only a new creature. We all know, 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17, If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Verse 16, And as many as walk according to this rule, peace be on them, and mercy and upon the Israel of God. Brothers and sisters, what shall we say to it? God walks the way together with the church until the end. And we may be patient. I know that we need patience. You need patience to persevere until the hour of God comes. But it will come. It comes. Everything will happen. And James spoke about the latter rain in chapter 5. And he has given us the instruction that we have to be patient. James, chapter 5, verse 7. James 5, verse 7. Be patient, therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. Unto the coming of the Lord. Behold, the farmer waiteth for the precious fruit of the earth and has long patience for it until it receive the early and latter rain. This is God's holy word. Whoever wants to read about the latter rain can go to Zechariah chapter 10, can go to the various scriptures in the Old Testament. 
can go to Isaiah 28, can go to Acts chapter 3, where the Lord promised to give the time of refreshing and to visit His people again, to bless them. We have heard the words of the covenant. We are the people of the covenant purchased by the precious blood of the Lamb of God. We believe that our Lord is the surety of the covenant and we believe that He is watching over every word and He will fulfill all things unto the moment of His return. Do you all believe this? Can you believe this with your heart? Then just remember the word from Abraham. Abraham believed God. Who do you believe? Whom do you believe? Whom do I believe? Whom do mankind believe? All believe something. We believe God. Abraham believed God. He believed the promise. He has seen it fulfilled. We believe God. And we will see the promise fulfilled. To Him, the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, to Him be all the praise for all eternity. And today, we will address a word to all who have not yet, who want to consecrate their lives to the Lord. It just, it still touches me. The Lord calls sinners, not the righteous. He calls sinners for repentance. And brothers and sisters, it's still the time of grace. And remember the word. You and your house. You and all your house. Everywhere is trouble. Let us today believe. You and your house shall be saved. Let us today believe for all who cannot believe yet, who cannot believe yet that God will draw them and that they will come to the Lord and that they will experience their redemption. And all the rest which had already experienced with God May the Holy Spirit really teach us and may He lead us into all the truth and may the blessing of the Almighty God rest upon all of us. God said, ah, this word I have to read to you and then we'll pray from the prophet Isaiah. Isaiah, chapter 54. Isaiah, chapter 54, verse 10. Isaiah 54, verse 10. For the mountains shall depart and the hills be removed, but my kindness, my grace shall not depart from thee, 
leader shall the covenant of my peace be removed, saith the Lord that has mercy on thee. The covenant of peace and the grace of God are forever given unto us. Nothing shall be removed. Nothing will stagger. Here it is written, even the mountains shall depart and even the hills be removed. Yet, my grace shall not depart from thee. Whom God is gracious, to him he is gracious. Just receive it. Receive it. And it is yours. And the covenant of my peace shall not be removed, saith the Lord, that has mercy unto thee. Amen. We stand up for prayer. Perhaps the two sisters are coming to sing us a song. And then we will prepare ourselves in prayer before the Lord. Just opening our hearts. Opening and knowing that He calls. He calls all who have not yet come today. Today, if you hear His voice, do not harden your heart. Brothers and sisters, God made a covenant with Noah, with Abraham, with Moses, with the children of Israel. And God made with us, with you and me, He made a covenant on the cross of Calvary. And our Lord is the surety, the mediator of the new covenant. And we are the people of the new covenant. To Him, the faithful. Do you have a song which we can hear? And we want to listen reverently and going with on our inside. Denn wir wandeln im Herrn, Gottes Wort unser Stern. Oh, wir schwinden da dunkel und grau, denn er lenkt jeden Schritt. Seine Gnade geht mit, bei uns allen die Folgen und Traum. Folgen und Traum, wir zum Siegen und schauen. Willst du Frieden der Seele, musst du folgen und trauen. Nicht ein Schatten entsteht, jede Wolke vergeht. Wenn sein Lächeln die Seele erfreut, weder Zweifel noch Schmerz können ängsten das Herz, wenn wir trauen und gehorchen allzeit. Folgen und trauen, wir zum Siegen und schauen, Willst du Frieden der Seele, musst du folgen und trauen. Und 
uns bedrückt keine Last, die nicht der Rauch erfasst. Auf ihn dürfen wir alle Zeit bauen. Er hat Segen bereit, auch im Kreuz und im Leid. Wenn gehorsam wir folgen und trauen, folgen und trauen, wir zum Siegen und schauen, willst du Frieden der Seele, musst du folgen und trauen. Unser Leben und Sein gehört Jesus allein. Auf dem Brandaltar will er es schauen. Denn die Zucht, die er übt und die Kraft, die er gibt, sind für die, die ihm folgen und trauen. Folgen und trauen, wir zum Siegen und schauen. Willst du Frieden der Seele, musst du folgen und trauen. Eins wird er offenbar, seiner wartenden Schar, die den König in Schöne soll schauen. Einen Platz auf dem Thron, ja, das Reich und die Kron, gibt er denen, die folgen und trauen. Folgen und trauen, wir zum Siegen und schauen. Willst du Frieden der Seele, musst du folgen und trauen. Folgen und trauen, wir zum Siegen und schauen. Willst du Frieden der Seele, musst du folgen und trauen. Amen. Amen. Our Lord says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. I will give you rest for your souls. Let us bow our heads. And whoever is tuned in all over the world, God bless you all. At, in, in all places, in all countries of the earth, the Lord calls out the last ones. And when the last one has entered, then the door is closed, and the trump shall sound, and the Lord shall return. The voice of the archangel shall sound. It will happen as it is written. The Lord is surety. He has taken the responsibility for everything, whatever he promised. But now, 
coming to us, who we are here or who we are gathered somewhere. We want to pray for one another. Whatever the petitions might be, be it the salvation of the soul, be it the deliverance of, of uh, bad habits, be it the healing of the body, Jesus Christ is the same. He is risen, He is alive, and He confirms His word even today. Are there some in our midst or wherever on the earth for whom we can pray? Just raise your hands. The Lord God bless. Everywhere the hands are going up. Please receive it by faith. Do it as Abraham did. He believed God. Believe God. Believe that God was in Christ and that He reconciled the world with Himself. Believe that every sin is forgiven, every transgression is blotted out, the letter of requirements is torn to pieces and that the Lord, our Redeemer, as the Lamb of God, He has shed His precious and holy blood. And with the blood, He Himself entered the Holy of Holies and has put it upon the mercy seat. And this blood speaks today for you and for me. Let us believe with all our hearts believe. Let us sing only believe, only believe. Precious Lord, this we believe. You not only promised it, you are here, you are present to confirm your word, to save, to deliver, to heal. You are the same yesterday, today, and forever. 
Beloved Lord, let today be manifested that you are present and that you have confirmed your word. Bless all, save, heal, deliver, dear Lord. And today we pray also for all the ministering brethren. Be with them. Guide them through your Holy Spirit. Give grace that we all come into the unity of the faith and of the Spirit. That we become one heart and one soul. Bless all ministering brethren all over Europe and all over the earth and bless your blood-bought flock, your bride church. We thank you that we are part of it by your grace. You have made the covenant and we thank you for the new covenant which you made to you, the Almighty God. We say thanks. To you, we give the honor and the glory and the praise. Now, and forever. And all the people said, Amen. And all the people said, You may be seated for a while. Praise and thanks be unto our Lord for His grace and faithfulness. You can be seated for a couple of moments. Thank you. I don't want to forget I forgot it at the beginning. Brother Rus has phoned and he is extending his greetings to all of you. He is greeting you warmly and he has the wish, he expressed the wish, the desire that very soon they will be with us again. And we are just so grateful to God for it that he will make all things well. He will make all things well. I also forgot to give you the greetings from Brother Wallström, from our brethren from Palermo, Brother Pino. Yes, we are all joined with the Lord. Sometimes it's difficult if one mentions one brother who is in a country and the other one one doesn't mention, then, yeah, then, then sometimes it's not so good. If I now just would mention one in Brussels and not three, four or five, what then? What would the rest think? 
one from Paris. What would the others think? Sometimes we have there among the brethren, we have a bit of a problem there. And if somebody, somebody made the suggestion to not mention any brother by name anymore, so that, so that, yeah, not so. Our beloved brethren from Italy, how far is it? One thousand and a couple of kilometers. They are traveling to come here to hear the word of God. Our brethren from Romania, the brethren from Slovakia, from the Czech Republic, from all over, you are all coming to hear God's holy word. And we believe that we truly are very close to the end. There is no solution for the problems of this world. No. Everything comes to its end now. Then we have one more request to all the fathers and to all the mothers with children. On the property of the mission center, there really there has to be divine order so that the parents obey that the children obey the parents. It just belongs to it. Yes. The first commandment with promise honor father and mother and you will be well. It will be well on you on, on the earth. So may all the parents take care that the children are with them, that they are with them. Yes. So that others are not being disturbed. Then, in closing, I have a very good news for all who in April will make a trip. We have seats for exactly ten persons. And whoever wants to come with us to Israel, perhaps it will be the last time. It, it really could be the last time. And the price is under 2,000 euros. Have Please dream about it and tell us tomorrow morning whether you go with. Then the Lord willing, we will travel in April from the 6th to the 16th of April to Israel. The Lord God, may he bless his Old Testament covenant people Israel. God bless Israel. This we say from the depth of our hearts. And in the same way, we are, we are troubled, we are, we are sorrowful that they have to walk such a difficult way on the earth. No other nation on the earth has to walk such a difficult way as His chosen people Israel. And just be honest, is there one church on the earth which has to bear so much reproach as a denomination, as a confession? No. All of them, they are sitting at the green table. Who has the reproach today? You and me. We are bearing today the reproach of Jesus Christ because we have 
we have placed ourselves onto the side of God. Do you think we will be acknowledged somewhere? Of course not. Why? Why? You are not of this world as I am also not of this world. Yes. Just be satisfied with it. Be happy. Our home is there on high. Amen. God bless in particular all the French speaking and all the various languages. We are grateful to the Lord that you can come, that we together can observe the word. Let us stand up once again for prayer. Brother Schmidt, do you want to thank together with us? Great God, we say thanks unto you for your grace and faithfulness. We thank you that you made the covenant, that you sealed the covenant with your precious and holy blood. And we thank you for it. And therefore, we are coming in this hour and are claiming all the promises which you have given unto us up to the promise as you said you and your house shall be saved Lord Jesus we thank you and we lay everything before you Lord of heaven bless our houses bless our children bless the children of our children and don't permit that the enemy has a right on them Lord Jesus we thank you for it for all what you are doing in us and has done for us Amen Hallelujah be praised Amen. The grace of the Lord be with you.